Hey everybody, it's Adrian. So before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to let you guys know that we now have a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. It has been set up. You can feel free to go and check out the tiers and see what's going on. We are so excited about it. We are really, really stoked to bring you guys some bonus content. And of course, who knows, maybe some things in the future. So go ahead and check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash slash her pod. That is a mouthful. Again, that's patreon.com slash slash her pod. And it's slash her with two H's. So S-L-A-S-H-H-E-R slash her pod. And go check out the tiers. And we appreciate you guys' support. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. And welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. My name is Adrian. And I'm Stormy. And welcome everybody to the month of September. And this month we wanted to spice September up a little bit. We wanted to give the girlies something that they're familiar with. <laughs> um... And yeah, we're pretty much going to be tackling paranormal or like supernatural horror films this month. So I'm really excited about it. Me too. I feel like this is one of like the biggest genres of horror next to slashers probably. Yeah. Uh, So we had a lot to choose from. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, like there is so many like paranormal and like supernatural horror movies. And yeah, kind of like what Stormy's saying, like like paranormal and supernatural elements in the realm of horror, especially horror film. I mean, like it pretty much goes hand in hand with one another. Like horror cinema has its roots in like supernatural horror and the paranormal. And even, even if you're looking at like, you know, stories and you know, religion and all kinds of shit, like for years, even before cinema was a thing, horror and the unexplained, the supernatural are one and the same. So, I mean, you even see it with genres like slasher movies, like where, the supernatural and paranormal bleeds into that because you know, Michael, Freddy, Jason, they're all like weirdly supernatural beings. So, yeah, I mean, horror is inherently paranormal. So it was really kind of it was kind of tough to kind of narrow it down. But I think we wanted to try our best to avoid like typical like ghost stories and demonic possessions and try to give like some variation to this subgenre. To make it at least a little bit interesting and not too on the nose. Yeah. we uh, There's no conjurings. There's <laughs> no paranormal activities. Right. I w- we won't say there's no possession because this movie definitely has like some possession in it. Oh, yeah. But nothing. Sure. Yeah. Like nothing that feels like this, like the typical. No exorcisms. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know what we're talking about. Like. The haunted house, like subgenre, also like we were avoiding that if we could this go around, um, as best as we could. You know, it's kind of difficult. I mean, this one kind of falls within 
<laughs> kind of falls into that. But it's a little bit different, you know. We're looking at like a haunted mirror specifically. So it's pretty she's she's rad. I really enjoyed this movie. Oh yeah. We're covering Oculus this week, by the way. <laughs> yes. Oculus. Mike Flanagan movie. I mean, I I mean we'll get into it for sure. I really just, I love Mike Flanagan. I'm sure I've said it before on this podcast. And this movie is one that I remember as clear as day, even though I had only seen it once before um, in theaters. So it's just like one of those movies that definitely like had an impact on me. And it freaked me out enough to the point where I haven't watched it again. But it was such a joy to come back and see it again for with fresh eyes. Same. Um, I remember the scene where she's eating the apple slash light bulb, like vividly. And that is, I don't know, mind fucks are so scary to me. Yeah. And and when I was watching this movie, uh, my roommate Austin was like, I feel like out of every horror movie that (laughs) initially I've made you watch, that I made him sit down and see. He's like, I feel like this is like the worst situation to be in. I was like, interesting. Out of like every horror movie situation, would this really be like the worst one to be in? I maybe because like the mind tricks and like the mind fucks and like the thinking you're somewhere when you're not and thinking you're talking to somebody when you're not is fucked. Yeah, you have no idea what's going on. You don't know what you're touching. You don't know who you're talking to. You don't know anything at all. You don't know what's real, <laughs> and not knowing what's reality and what's fake is. I feel like really is the basis of horror. Exactly. And I mean, listen, y'all, the definition of the word paranormal, just so, I mean, you guys are great. We really don't get attacked most often for like what we put into these monthly themes. But just in case, the definition of the word paranormal is something that is not scientifically explainable and or supernatural in nature. So again, that's what we're going to be focusing on, not specifically ghosts. Um, even though, I mean, if looking ahead, not that you guys know all the movies that we're talking about this month, I think most of what we will be discussing probably does focus on some type of like ghost or demonic entity of some kind. But again, we were trying to at least make it a little, a little bit different. You know, we are not again like Stuart said, no Conjuring, no Exorcist, no Amityville Horror, no uh, nothing like that. So we definitely wanted to try to give you guys something a little bit different, spice it up a little bit. You know, September, as always, is boring. So might as well keep it interesting for you guys. Sorry, September babies. I I don't have a problem with Virgos or anything, but like every year, September is just like, why do you exist? (laughs) I mean, two, two of my friends have September birthdays. I just realized just now. But other than that. Yeah, September is not giving anything. Never, girl. And I, can, I I love Virgos. I love Beyonce. You know, I couldn't live in a world without Beyonce. But, like, September is just so... It's a huge question mark as to why it exists. I'm just like, can we just move on to October already, you know? I mean, if even Green Day hates September... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been bred. The millennials have been bred to just hate September thanks to Green Day. Honestly, I feel so bad for him. Imagine having a song about your father dying, like being one of the most memorable things that people bring up about you and like tweet at you relentlessly every year, year after year, just reminding you that, hey, your dad's dead. (laughs) This is the anniversary of, yeah. I didn't know 
Okay, I'm so bad. I had no idea that that's what the song was about. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he I was, feel bad. I think he wrote it whenever he was, like, pretty young. Um, but he essentially, like, came home from his dad's funeral, slammed the door. His mom was checking on him, and he told her to wake him up when September ends. Oh, okay. Well, damn. That makes me like the song even more. I didn't really, I really had... No idea. And see, I'm the type of person where if I'm not like directly reading like lyrics at the exact same time I'm listening to a song, the lyrics will never be known to me besides like the chorus. That's just how I am. So like I've never sat down and like read the lyrics of the song. I just know the chorus. Um, oh, so it's nice to know lyrics what it's are about. my shit, gay. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I have to like actively seek them out. Those That's just one of the songs I didn't like actively no, <laughs> seek lyrics you. out to. Um but yeah, that makes me appreciate that song even more. I'm so <laughs> sorry to all September babies. You know what? I promise, and y'all can come back next year. If next September I once again, because I know last September I talked shit about it, and this year I'm talking shit about it again. So if next September y'all catch me slipping and I end up talking shit about the month of September, then feel free to read me. The library will be open. You can drag me. But, you know, this year is the dra- the, the the hating will continue. I just don't like this month at all <laughs> i don't i really we just want to get on to spooky season that's all we want truly and honestly we should kind of take this as like a, a calm before the storm and like use this month like i mean we do it anyways as like pre-halloween and just kind of treat it like an extension of the holiday which is kind of how i look at it but it's hard when it's just not <laughs> it's hard when it's not october it's hard when it's still 112 degrees outside Oof, and I'm trying to yeah. wear, like, my Freddy sweater around. <laughs> Oof, yeah. I want it to be sweater weather so bad. And we live in Las Vegas, so it just, it it takes longer for it to get here. And I'm just like, please, God, I need it. I've only gained 20 pounds this summer. Please let me put on some sweaters. Please, God. <laughs> Mood. Uh, so before we jump into the movie, so with paranormal horror films, Stormy, like, do you, is there any one in particular that, like, really sticks out to you? As like being a fave, perhaps. I mean, you were kind of shady towards it a minute ago, but I love Amityville, Amityville Horror. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, okay. Full tea, behind the scenes tea. I said, oh, when I mentioned it because we were going to talk about it this month. <laughs> yeah, um, Blake, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, perhaps, you know, a guest fell through, but we will make sure we do talk about that movie at some point because, <laughs> you know, it's it's great. It has Ryan Reynolds being shirtless in it. Oh, ah. So it I can does. get I can get on board with that movie, uh, but I, I did rewatch it not too long ago, and I will say I'm not the biggest fan in rewatching it. Uh, so Uh-oh. I was really excited to get to it. So once we do, we'll have a good time with it. Um, listen, that movie gives me a lot of trauma because the scene in the bathroom with the kid when he goes and uses the restroom in the middle of the Girl. night. I think about it every every night. Every time I get up to leave my room to go to the restroom, I think about that scene. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Every time, like I. There has not been a day in my life since I've seen that movie where I haven't thought about that scene. No joke. Yeah. It's that serious. Every time I pee in the middle of the night, I'm like, that fucking monster, that demon from the Amityville Horror is oh going to be in my mirror. Every time. Um, when I think of paranormal horror, I really do think of the licks, lipstick demon from Insidious. <laughs> do you? Okay, work. I definitely focus on, for sure, like The Exorcist. I definitely think oh, of The Conjuring. Oh, for sure. Uh, All of The Conjuring like, movies. 
The Shining. Um, 1408, I think of. I think, I mean, Paranormal and Supernatural, again, one and the same. So when I think of like the word supernatural or uh, specifically, I always think of 1408. And that's I definitely going to be one Evil of the ones Dead. Ooh, I love the Evil already Dead. Already covered her. We already covered the remake. but The remake. We haven't traveled back to the 80s yet to reveal the original or to review and discuss the original. But hopefully soon. You never know. I also think, I know you and I talked about it recently off of the podcast, but I also think of Constantine. Um, okay, yes. I've never seen Constantine. Oh, girl. We'll have to. I mean, it's not great, but you get to see, like, Keanu Reeves fighting demons. So that's, if that sounds like something you'd be interested in. Yeah, I don't see why not. Or obviously, uh, we also completely just bypassed Paranormal Activity. <laughs> Um, a whole franchise with paranormal in the name right. so and i do think about those movies um when i think about this subgenre as well oh yeah we the scene i think it's in the first one right where she gets dragged down the stairs by her fucking toes I th i'm pretty sure oh my god that's a fun trivia i feel like somebody gets dragged down the stairs in every single one of those movies Probably. but she does get dragged down in the first one but i know in the second one uh the mom like specifically they show her getting tugged down the stairs instead of it being like off screen um so maybe it's that one you're thinking of hmm. but she gets dragged down katie gets dragged down the stairs in the first one too i just don't think it shows us but she gets like the door like closes behind her when she gets struck down the stairs oh you know what also i think about is like the ring and the grudge oh for sure classics truly classics you know what i saw i saw the trailer for pulse the other day and i have not seen with Kristen bell and christina million and ian smolder holder or whatever the hell his name is from vampire diaries summer holder uh, yeah him smolder uh, holder <laughs> smolder holder um that's what i'm gonna start calling my fucking eyeball sockets the smolder holders um yeah, I saw a trailer for that the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, I haven't seen Pulse in so long. And it used to scare me so much as a kid. Uh, I loved J-Horror, so I loved that remake. Um, Kristen Bell, I think that's, like, one of, like, the only horror things that she's done. Uh, so I haven't seen it, though, since I was younger, so I need to go back and watch it because that movie used to freak me the fuck out. The thought I don't of, like, think monsters. I've seen it, girl. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm about to start spoiling shit. Oh, you haven't. Okay, so if you haven't seen it, we need to watch it sometime because I feel like you would like it. It's like, I mean, it, they were definitely trying to be like advanced and like tech savvy for the time. Rick Gonzalez? Hot. Yes, it's so good. I mean, from what I remember, it's really good. I love Octavia Spencer. Is she in it too? Yeah. Well, it says. Fuck if I know. Landlady is all they give her. Oh, wow. Not them doing her dirty. This is what 2007, is One Missed though. Call? This is... This, you haven't seen One Missed Call? This art's terrifying. What the fuck? Yeah, see, the cover art for One Missed Call is terrifying. It always used to scare me as a kid. It My is not... clenched. It's not scary? No. No, 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 no. I don't think it's scary. I How did, is I, that I, not I, scary? Yes, that's terrifying. That's super scary. The cover art is terrifying. I'm sure all of our listeners will know that it's terrifying. When you think of One Miss Call, I know that's what you guys are thinking of is that cover art. But I can't be alone in thinking the movie's bad. Even as a kid, I thought it was silly. I'm trying to think if I have seen this movie. It doesn't sound familiar. It has that ringtone. Dee, nee, nee, nee. 
Ew, I got... Stop, 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 stop. I got cold chills. But yeah, it has that ringtone. That used to be my ringtone for a hot minute back in the day. Girl, I've been bleeding over for so long. Stop. Okay, so there's a still from this movie. That one I'm missed seeing, call or pulse? Uh, one missed call where there's like hands or mouths coming out of a door and it's giving poltergeist. Let me see. Let me see the image. I remember the main actress in that movie not serving. Oh, I don't remember that. I have no idea. I remember the ending being chaotically just, just chaotic bad. Is it Aliens? <laughs> No, no, no. It is supernatural. It's definitely like some type of like ghostly figure that's like doing this. It's been so long though since I've seen it. So I would be so down to watch it with you. Maybe we can do it as a Patreon exclusive. If anybody's interested in that. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> um, but I would rather throw my vote in to Pulse. I feel like Pulse is the better movie than One Miss Call. But okay. One Miss Call definitely has. She has, again, she has the, the ringtone. And, like, when these ghostly figures, like, that face that you see on the cover, those faces pop up every now and then. Um, so it has some moments of, like, where you're, getting star- where you're, like, startled and freak out. But I just think overall, I don't remember it being something I really enjoyed, personally. But, again, I was young back in those days, you know? Everything. I was a critic of everything back then, so. You, uh, you singing the ringtone give me anxiety, so we'll see if we... <laughs> Should I play it right now? No, I will hang up the phone. <laughs> no, please. I'm I want sitting you to in the, the dark. No, 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 no. I'm okay. sitting in the dark. Okay, guys. Okay, I won't do it because Stormy's at home by herself right now. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know the ringtone. Uh, I can't believe you haven't seen that movie. I feel like I probably, ha- I feel like we're going to turn it on and I'm be like, oh, okay, yeah, I've seen this. But off There's the top one- of my head, I don't remember it at all. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. I remember there's like one moment at the beginning where uh, I forget what something happens where one of the characters does something really stupid with their phone. Like they, I don't know. I just know I didn't like it. So we'll have to watch it again. But I want you to see Pulse also. I feel like that one would really freak you out also. I can't wait. Also, my dog, (laughs) I'm recording like across from my daughter's bedroom. And she freaked out and did not want the door, like, shut all the way. And so you were, like, singing that ringtone. And Peter just, like, pops his head out of, like, the tiniest crack in my daughter's bedroom door. And just stares at me. I only see your giant reflective eyes coming out of her <laughs> dark-ass bedroom. Girl. The true, t- the true horror. The true horror is the weenie dog that won't stop shitting in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it sounds like we have like two extra episodes. Uh, hey, I mean, maybe we can squeeze them in because I really enjoy those movies. I love diving, even though they're the American remakes of you know the original J horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind diving into them because they're great. Maybe we can make some room and squeeze them in because I would love, specifically Pulse. I would love to watch that movie again. Eric. Okay, well, let's go ahead and just dive into the main course for today. Again, we're going to be talking about Oculus. So let's just go ahead and get into it because there's a lot to dissect here, y'all. A lot and a not at the same time, but we say that every week. So we'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, so if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, we are back, and this week we are discussing Oculus, originally released on April 11th, 2014. The film was made on a budget of around $5 million before seeing an opening weekend gross of around $12 million. It would then go on to see a worldwide gross of around $27 million. The film has a runtime of one hour and 44 minutes. It was directed by the amazing Mike Flanagan and has a really stellar cast. They really bring it. They really throw their entire bussies into this thing. Karen Gillan is Kaylee. Brendan Thwaites is Tim. Katie Sackhoff is Marie Russell. Rory Cortron is Alan Russell. Annalise Basso is young Kaylee. Garrett Ryan is young Tim, and James Lafferty is Michael. So a woman tries to exonerate her brother, who was convicted of murder, by proving that the crime was committed by a supernatural phenomenon. So, Oculus. Oculus. I love this movie. Like, I won't even, like, beat around the bush and, like, take the whole discussion to tell you guys. I really like this movie. Same. It's great. I remember it being PG-13, but it looks like it's rated R. Yeah, it's... Um, I'm trying to think of any, like, super particularly gory parts, but there's really not. I feel like the most blood that we see is the apple scene. Yeah, I mean, there's some grotesque imagery, if you will. I know there's one where they're just... Because uh, Kate Siegel has, like, a cameo as, like... One of the past owners of the mirror and like is it the one like who quick... bites the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah not a whole lot of blood am i correct and yeah it's rated r i don't know why i thought for the longest time it was pg-13 um and that's maybe why i didn't go back to it i know there was like a moment in time where i was like well i don't want to go back because it wasn't even like it was pg-13 so maybe it's not as good as i remember but i'm glad that it, this movie smacked the shit out of me because it is as good as i remember it being it was phenomenal like i can't again y'all i'm not gonna be around the bush i think it's great i, I love mike flan again i said it at the beginning um most things that i watch by him tend to be something that falls right into my wheelhouse of <laughs> something i enjoy and this one is no different it definitely feels like the precursor to uh the haunting of hill house like i definitely can see a correlation of sorts the, yeah i can definitely see yeah like you said the correlation between the two like they feel so like they go hand in hand, like the back and forth, switching between present and past so Which seamlessly. Is exhausting for me. <laughs> it gets a little confusing at some times. There's sometimes we're like they're we're randomly in the past where I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then we're randomly in the future and I'm like, what's happening? I was gonna say towards the end they all start like melding together and right. like now we're getting mind fucked on top of them getting mind fucked and it gets a little like dee doo dee doo like fucking Twilight Zoney and it's good. I enjoy it, but it's also very tiring. Like, <laughs> you can't half-ass pay attention to this movie, I feel like. Yeah, not at all. You have to pay attention to it. Um, but even then, like, 
I feel like these characters were doomed from the jump. And oh, yeah. that's maybe my biggest issue is like. Really? I like it. I like that it's a full history repeats itself. I mean, I don't mind that. I mean, I enjoy the movie. I guess my gripe, as always, is like just calling out how stupid these people are. Like, in my mind, I'm like, I understand the trauma behind everything. I understand why the sister is so adamant about, (laughs) yeah, on like defeating this evil mirror. I understand. But like at the exact same time, in my head, I'm like... You have all this foresight. You have all of these things set up and in place. You have lights all around the house from when the power goes out because of this evil mirror. Why stick around in this house for more than like 10 minutes with this thing? Go in there with your little fancy timers and your fancy little dumbbell swing thing that you've created. Put that mirror on the wall and immediately leave the house and let due diligence happen. Like, why are we sitting in here? I think it's because she's trying to prove that her brother was innocent from the jump. Um, but, like, I, I also see where you're like, who gives a fuck? Let's destroy this mirror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if the main goal behind it is to just defeat this evil, then let's defeat the evil. But obviously, I mean, again, her intention is to, uh, you know, bring some justice to her father and to her brother because of what happened with this mirror when they were children right um but yeah so it is switching back and forth between the two times there's like an 11 year difference between um the events that take place um so pretty much from the jump when we start this movie we do see that tim who again is played by brandon thwaites who i used to have such a crush on um when i first watched this movie for like the very first time i was like i'm in love with this person <laughs> I was like, he is so cute and he's still very cute um but yeah so he's immediately leaving some type of like mental health facility we see that he's been you know obviously he was accused of murder and locked away and he's been in this mental health facility and they're like you know we are pretty much deeming that it's okay for you to leave uh, we're sending you out into the wild and good luck pretty much so you already know that some fucked up shit is going to happen if he's leaving the mental facility right in like the first couple of minutes. Right. Well, and the fucked up thing is, this is like, <laughs> we, we talk about this a lot because I think it's an ongoing commentary in horror and it's kind of like, uh, like an easy write off for a lot of stories. Uh, but like, it sucks because everything boils down to, being able to write it off as him being a criminal or him being mentally ill or everybody's just crazy. And like, I mean, obviously that's, it's easy to do when there's paranormal things involved, but it does suck to repeatedly have that narrative force fed to you. (laughs) Yeah. He even, uh, Kind of throws that back in his sister's face too, at some point too, where he's like, you're, I'm pretty sure he at one point, like, legitimately says you're crazy i think like uh like right before like they see that something's happening or for he sees that something's happening he's like you're you need help and like you like pretty much calling her crazy Mm -hmm. and i was just like if if anybody should understand where where she's kind of coming from like i feel like it should be you and i mean i definitely understand like their their dynamic and how you know they went through this as children and now he is seemingly healed and cured of what 
transpired. And she's, of course, still very much aware of what happened when they were children. So they kind of have those dynamics, at least for the first half of this movie, kind of play out against each other. It's kind of interesting because, like, every time she tries to, like, prove a point, he immediately questions it. And it's nice. It kind of, it does, again, kind of lead itself to at least for the audience being like okay well who do we believe in this instance is she really crazy is he actually cured quote unquote so uh, for the first half of this movie for sure like i i wasn't sure where it was going but obviously throughout their entire like discourse and going back and forth and arguing we're getting constant flashbacks to when they were children and seeing what happened to them as they were kids so like it kind of takes away from like their dialogue and their dynamic because in our heads as the audience, we're like, oh yeah, this mirror is evil. <laughs> right. Like, why is he arguing this? He's constant. He's had like the happenings therapied out of him and like explained away. And she has been living deep within this delusion for 11 years. So they're very much different, opposite sides of the coin. Yeah. And she's like been hunting down this mirror, she's been researching everything that she can on the history of this mirror has found uh, upwards of like, I think like seven or eight other like individuals who have suffered similar fates to her family because of this mirror. My thing with her is, is like, I get it. I completely understand that. Like you have this mission and this is the only opportunity to like destroy this mirror or whatever. But it is so wild that like her brother has just left the mental health facility and immediately she's like, let's talk about our trauma. Like the first like sit down meeting that they're having together. She's like, I found it. And he's like, what? And she's like, I found the mirror to him. And like immediately he's thrown into PTSD. He's immediately reminded of why he was in this facility in the first place. I'm like, girl, at least give him a week. Give him some time to breathe. But like legitimately like the second day he's out of the facility he's immediately back at his childhood home like imagine having to go through that i would be furious with her yeah she they argue um and then they separate the first night and then he reaches out to her and he's like hey i don't want to leave it like this like can we talk and she's like sure meet me at our old house and let's face this trauma together bitch and i'm like (laughs) what and like uh, i get it and i like there's i want to like her as much as like, I just, I want to like her. Cause I love Karen Gillan, but like, I'm like, girl, like give him some time to breathe. Like my He's essentially God. been in jail for 11 years. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he is leaving because of what happened. And I understand like you're wanting to get this resolved and, you know, clear his name and get your proof. But like, to me, I'm like, girl, we would be scrapping. I would like if I okay, so if I left Stormy, like say we had something happen to us, whatever, I was in a mental health facility, I leave, and you're immediately like, let's go back and fight, let's go to the root of the trauma. I'm like, uh, maybe one day I'm so down. Maybe after, you know, readjusting to life and getting back into the world. Yeah, maybe I'll be ready to do that. But like the <laughs> fact that like legitimately she picks him up. They go to a restaurant, and she's immediately talking about this mirror. I would cut her off so fast. And even the doctor was like, well, he kind of gave him, like, a warning. He was like, just so you know, you know, like, your sister didn't, she didn't have the support system you did. Um, She's going to probably be handling things differently than you did still. 
but like he should have been like, bitch, cut people off if you need to. Be selfish if you need to. Because and he tries, he really does try because he does like separate himself, like Stormy said. She offers for them to stay at her place or for him to stay with her and her husband, and he stays at a hotel instead. And she's kind of like not okay with it, but she does it anyways. But like immediately, yeah, of course, the next day he immediately calls because of course he's gonna want to go back and like see what's going on. But like, right. it makes me so mad. I mean. She instantly slides him over his inheritance check, and that would have been <laughs> my cue to go. I'd be like, okay, yeah. well, as soon as this clears, I will officially delete you from your life, from my life. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but I mean, so, but listen, I have a sister, um, and you know that's my only like sibling dynamic is me and my sister. So i'm gonna be there for her obviously if like we were in a similar situation to this yeah i'm gonna want to be there for her i'm gonna want to help her defeat this evil you know i'm i'm so i'm totally gonna do it but like at the same time like i need some mutual respect i need you to also understand where i'm coming from to me she's just she's wild for doing this i'm like girl this is too much too soon you read the room a little bit here and like you said if she was throwing all that at me and she handed me that check right after mm -hmm, yeah as soon as it's cleared i am I'm not in the country. I'm gone. Yeah. But also, it's hard to look at it from her perspective where she's been waiting she's for been 11 years. Waiting for him. <laughs> for, yeah. like, them to settle this. And, like, this means a lot to her because she cares about her dad's reputation and her brother's reputation. And, like, this is something that's obviously been haunting you for your entire adolescence. Um, but also fuck off <laughs> yeah truly and like i get it and like 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 you said she's been holding on to this like she remembers the promise they made to each other 11 years ago and like she at, near the end of the movie maybe not the year like near the end but kind of like in the middle ish like she even mentions how like before he went to the facility i think when he was just in jail like how he was completely normal so maybe i mean I, they don't really tell us how long he was actually in the facility for she says i think that he like doesn't talk to her for at least nine months but I don't know how long he was in the facility before that. So maybe they've been planning this for years. Because he's 21 whenever right. he's released. But we don't know how old he is officially whenever he's put in. So Exactly. So we don't know the length of time of him being in there. But she does mention that he was normal up until his time in the facility. Quote, unquote, normal. Which means that they were probably having discussions while he was imprisoned about, like, stopping this and fighting this mirror and like she was probably giving him play by play as to what she was doing on the outside but as soon as he was placed into this facility and started undergoing care it seems like the care that he was receiving they said you know to maybe like cut, cut her off completely and that's what he did um so again maybe the last conversations that she did have with him were still based around fighting off this evil and you know he's coming out the other side of it being like no i don't want to do that so to kind of play devil's advocate maybe she isn't quite aware of i mean she isn't aware of like what he's actively been doing or the treatment that he's been receiving so maybe for her it does kind of come off as a shock for him to come out and be like no bitch i don't want to help you and i guess on to, again to play at devil's advocate maybe i would also be kind of upset if we've been talking about you know clearing your name and you know proving that dad wasn't a murderer for so many years i get i get the dynamic but it's just tough. You know, family dynamics are hard, girl. This falls into family trauma. So <laughs> I understand the communication maybe isn't the best between the two. So you know what? Mike Flanagan's real for that. <laughs> I understand the miscommunication between them. So I guess it kind of lends itself to just like the familial issues that are going on here. But I'm still like, bitch, give me some time. 
I don't give a fuck. Give me some fucking time. If you haven't heard from me from nine months, there's a reason. So give me some time to process things before we're like literally going back to the home where we saw our mother get shot by our father. Give right. me some time, please. God, please. <laughs> I need a minute. The home I where I shot father. I probably father. haven't even, exactly. I probably haven't even taken a, a shit yet. I haven't <laughs> taken a shit outside of psych ward bars and you're already bombarding <laughs> me with this. She's wild, girl. And she'll, she, I don't know what her job is. Did they give us an idea of what her position is? Some type of auction. I think she's, yeah, like a, <laughs> works in an estate. Uh, there's a word. Snatcher upper. <laughs> and I can't think of the word, but you know, hey, that's what y'all come to Slasher for. We're never going to know. Um, because I'm pretty sure, is it like an assessor? Estate I know assessor, the, maybe? Something like that. I know the girl, uh, the main character in Wishmaster kind of does the same thing because she finds like that evil jewel that the djinn is in because of like her position like doing this kind of stuff. So maybe that's what she is. I can't think of the word, but I that's what I'm believing her to be. But the first like major scary scene that happens for me is like right before the mirror is transported, like she's like in a warehouse looking at it in the mannequin scene where the mannequins are behind her they and move. moving. Girl. I was done. This is like 20 minutes into the movie and I was like, I'm already terrified. Oh, yeah. As soon as I said that, my fucking curtain moved with the fan and I almost pooped myself. So, <laughs> Well, it's scary because she walks into the room and you know she's talking to the guy in the warehouse, whatever, and like he leaves. And then like you see there's two mannequins there. So then she goes up to the mirror and she like rips off the like the sheet or whatever. And she's like, oh, it's been a long time. And she looks at like the hairline fracture that's in the bottom corner. She's like, I hope that still hurts. And then she looks up and then you notice that there's three mannequins behind her instead of two. And then the one in the middle moves. So it's a really well orchestrated scare. It, like it freaked me out for sure. Um, but obviously like, there's just statues. They're not even mannequins like statues or whatever. But that shit freaked me the fuck out. Same girl. Freaked me out tonight. Not even just then. <laughs> also, this mirror, it looks evil. Like, it looks like it's bad news bears. Why is anybody purchasing this thing? It just doesn't look like it's going to be, like, the most inviting piece of furniture to be in my home. Right. That's my worst fear is I'm going to fall in love with somebody. Um, we're going <laughs> to... Right. Commitment. Scary, right? Um <laughs> We're going to fall in love, and then I'm going to find out that they like antiques. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what? It's been nice. It's been real, but it hasn't been real nice. I'm out. Um, because, no. I'm, I live in a house that was manufactured in the 80s, um, and that alone is terrifying to me. I don't right. want anything that is older than my mom. Yeah, I can't. Like... Like, I understand, like, the thrill in antiquing and thrifting, and I do it from time to time. But to me, it's, like, the big pieces of furniture. Like, if I'm going out thrifting and I get, like, you know, some little knickknacks here and there, I can maybe live with that. But if I'm bringing home, like, a fucking dresser or a bed frame or anything that's, like, a big piece of furniture, I'm going to be immediately, like, hesitant. When your knickknacks start moving around on their own, don't call me. <laughs> but like when you I, I just I think of like these big pieces like that's what I think about typically and yeah. mirrors too girl like I I love that this movie focuses on a mirror because like mirrors inherently have always been like cursed objects it's been right. something that's Portals. been talked about 
portals. There's so many like urban legends and myths about cursed mirrors. mirrors. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, even if you like, uh, I mean, like we all have heard it. Like, if you break a mirror, you have seven years of bad luck. Like mirrors have always been like cursed objects. They've always been something that you're supposed to be very wary of. You've always supposed to be like they're supposed to be very. They're supposed to be in like particular places, uh, in feng shui. Like you never want a mirror facing your bed. Um, if you're sleeping at night, I mean, these are all like urban legends. And I mean, I mean, I I roll with them, girl. I listen to this shit. But like, you know, you're not supposed to have like a mirror facing you while you're sleeping. Um, if somebody passes away in a home, you're supposed to cover all the mirrors with sheets um, to avoid any potential happenings there or there's like old superstitions as well. Like if you're passing a dead body by a mirror, then it's likely that that they're, they're, they're going to become a ghost pretty much. So yeah, mirrors inherently are like terrifying pieces of furniture. When you I think can't about wait it. till, and I'm not sure if we'll cover it on the podcast, but I can't wait to make you watch Constantine. Because the opening scene is with a mirror and him trapping demons and fighting demons within this mirror. And it fucking falls 30 feet and releases these demons. It's wild. So Crazy. Have you seen the horror movie Mirrors? I think so. I always think of the scene where that girl like rips her jaw open. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So mirrors, My biggest fear is I'm going to look at the mirror, look away, and then my reflection is going to be like looking somewhere else you know what I mean? my biggest fear is i'm gonna look in the mirror and i'm gonna like giggle and laugh or something and my reflection just stares at me oh my god stop <laughs> that's my big every time i'm high or drunk sorry family and i go into a bathroom and like i stare at myself i start to spiral because that's like the thing is like i'll be looking at myself and i feel like my reflection isn't doing what i'm doing every time no joke every time i smoke i will go to the bathroom and i will make sure that my reflection is doing what i'm doing because i don't like i just assume Every time I look in the mirror while I'm under the influence, like something's going to happen, girl. There was one time in particular, uh, I forgot what it was. I think it was like an edible or something. You know how those will really fuck you up. And I remember I came upstairs. Uh, Austin was downstairs. I was like, I'm going to go upstairs real fast. And I was going to lay down and like try to like settle myself because I could feel myself getting really, really high. I was like, I need to be in peace and quiet. I need to be in solitude. But for some reason, when I walked past the bathroom, Again, mirrors are evil, girl. We're uh, like summoned I, into the bathroom. I was summoned. I felt like a reason to walk into the bathroom and look at myself. And I was like, let me just check on myself. So I remember I went and I looked at myself in the mirror. And obviously, I'm still alive. But like it, when I was looking at myself, I would like turn my head. And I just kept feeling like my reflection was just staring at me and not moving. And so like I just spiraled. Like I immediately left the bathroom. I went inside my room. I lay down and for at least a solid hour, I was just high out of my mind in the clouds, Ew. like convincing myself I wasn't going to die. No joke. And then when I got up, girl, this night in particular was a wild for me. Again, edibles will fuck you up. I remember I got up finally. I was like, I think I'm okay. I'm going to go downstairs. I remember walking down the stairs and for some reason, just I felt like somebody was walking down the stairs behind me. And I was like, bitch, am I about to get pushed down by this fucking evil mirror entity, bitch, who's like scaring me right now but yeah that was a crazy high mirrors freak me the fuck out and in the wrong instance your night could be ruined because of a mirror at least by personal experience <laughs> tell me something only adrian would know how do i know you're not the real age uh, if i really was switched out and i still have depression and anxiety <laughs> imagine i want a refund <laughs> i want a different person please to take my place i I'm so scared right now. 
Mirrors are scary, right? Like that's yeah. why this movie really like fucks with me. On just on top of like the great orchestrated scares and like a lot of the scenes are like really creepy. Uh I just mirrors have always freaked me out. They've always been something that have freaked me out. I mean, you've have you broken a mirror before? No, thank God. You've never broken a mirror? Mm-mm. Oh bitch, I've broken like a handful. That's probably why I'm so struggling at 27. That's why you have a depression. <laughs> yeah. The bad luck is still going on. I don't know when that clock runs out, girl, but these mirrors have me in a chokehold. <laughs> How many have you broken? I There's at least two immediately that come to mind. Um, That's 14 one, years, girl. At least 14 years, right? And if I was like 10 when that happened, 24. So if I've at least broken three, the years are still ticking. Um, and I probably have, but there's two that I can clearly remember breaking. As a young kid. Gary. So, I know, girl. Mirrors are crazy. Uh, anyway, so this family, again, is moving in. And again, we're getting a lot of flashbacks uh, back and forth to when they were children. We see that they've moved into this new home. Uh, the father has bought in this mirror as a way to help decorate his office, spruce it up, make it look nice. And... You know, they seemingly come off as like a regular old family. The kids are running around. The wife is like a stay-at-home mom. And the dad, he's like a software engineer or something. And they seem relatively normal. Uh, but like one of the first like major fucking scares that happens, at least for me, because uh, again, you know, we're getting a lot of back and forth, back and forth, yada, yada, yada. But at one point the dad is, and the, this is a flashback, y'all. So the dad's downstairs in the kitchen like getting something. And, like, when he's walking back, like, towards, like, the hallway or something, and, like, there's that random person in the hallway just staring at him with the glowy eyes. Right. Girl, I was... Ju- and I, I didn't remember that scare, so when I was watching it, I was like, I jumped. Girl, Super no. Scared. Hate that for you. The mirror eyes are uncomfortable. Yeah, they're... I mean, they're kind of cheesy. I mean, looking back on it, I mean, they're, like... Obviously, like some type of like CGI nonsense, but they're right. still like pretty creepy for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so after that little flashback, we finally do get to uh, the next day pretty much after the scene happens. Oh, also, um, Kaylee, her like fiance is like oddly suspicious of what she's doing when she's at work, like right before she heads over to the house with her, Tim, where she meets Tim at the house. He like brings her po- uh, pictures of like all the corpses that she has. And he's like, should I be concerned about this? And she's just like, well, she really doesn't give him much of an explanation, really. And she I was doesn't like, keep him in the loop at all during yeah, this like, whole thing. Like, even whenever they're doing the check ins, she's like, I'll explain in two days. And if I was her fiance, I'd be like, no, we're talking about this now. You want yeah. me to call you every hour on the hour? Like, what the fuck? What kind of Constantine fucking demon fighting Buffy the Vampire Slayer ass shit are you doing? <laughs> Literally, I'd be like, girl, what is happening? Why do you have pictures of dead people? What's happening? And then you disappear and then you're like, just call me every hour. I'd be, I w- yeah, I would be like, what? Are you okay? Yeah, I would fully think something's going on. She's fighting Vecna or something. Like, I don't <laughs> understand. I'd be so confused and alarmed. I feel like her husband has a big, like, thick, thick. I don't know why, just looking at him. I, th- I think it's the just, like, nerdy his ones glasses. usually do for some reason. Exactly. It's like the small glasses, too. Like, they're not even, like, big and, like, cute. <laughs> yeah. They're small and not attractive at all. But for some mm-hmm. reason, that gives me big dick vibes. Yeah, usually if they can't pick glasses, they have a big dick. Right. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that theory. 
Quite literally. Like if I've <laughs> if I like your glasses, then you probably are no of no use to me. As a man at least. If I like your glasses, you probably you can have a great dick. It could be an average dick. <laughs> you either you don't probably... play for my team or <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it. Yeah, if you wear khaki shorts or if you have a small glasses, you got a big dick. That fucking guy from Splinter. Don't give probably khaki has a big shorts dick. the time of day. But you know they're wearing khaki shorts because things are swinging. Mm, I don't know. Kyle was the only one that I know that's wearing khaki shorts, and he has. Mm-hmm. My my point has been disproven. So <laughs> never mind. My theories of you know. Falling in love with a big dick khaki wearing man. I mean, quite honestly, if I somebody would never <laughs> if you're wearing khakis. Let's be honest. If somebody Let's wants to prove me wrong, my DMs are open. Oh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Adrian and I share, anyways. So, uh, yeah, send it to the Slasher <laughs> Pod DMs, oh please. God. You'll never know who's talking about slobbing on your knob. Oh my god, yes. Tis the season. Send us all your sexy, spooky nudes, and maybe we'll have a special episode where we rank our favorites. Oh my god, imagine. <laughs> Honestly, if we get to the point that day, uh, the day where we get to like rank the nudes that people send to us, I'll be very happy. The first nude I get from this a listener? podcast, yeah, from the from listeners, is the day that I'm like, I've made it. My, exactly. This was my life's purpose. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, y'all. It's going to be kind of hard to kind of go back and forth just because, like, the flashback scenes really throw me off sometimes. So I'm going to kind of just pinpoint some of the moments and, like, talk about some of my fave moments. Um, I remember uh, when the kids are playing outside uh, near the beginning, like, when the dad is still, for, you know, they're still moved into the house. It's fresh. It's new. Uh, I know when Kaylee's by the window because her and her brother are, like, playing, like, this weird shoot em up game where they, like, it's like laser tag almost where your chest will go off if you get shot. Mm-hmm. But she looks in the mirror at the dad's office and like there's a woman in there all touching him and caressing him. And then the next night at dinner or that same night at dinner, she's like, Dad, what was that woman in your office? <laughs> her mom, the way her she whips around, she's like, yeah, who's the woman in your office? <laughs> well, at first, like she kind of like laughs it off. And it's like, yeah, who is that woman in your office? So I'm like, did y'all fuck in the office or something earlier? Like, why are you kind of coy about it? But then as they like, kind of keep talking about it, she then becomes like quickly alarmed and she's like wait a minute who was this bitch in your office and he's like oh it was nobody and he just walks away i would have been like sir who the fuck was in your office right and he also like he doesn't think it's weird that this random woman is just like coming to seduce him (laughs) (laughs) well like the mirror i mean inherently and uh kaylee has a great line later on in the movie too where you know, because at one point when he's trying to disprove everything she's saying, Tim is like, you know, our father was a, uh, he was a, he was a cheater. He was he killed mom. He was an awful person, and she was like, oh well, he was definitely being seduced by something, like not by somebody, but he was being seduced by something. So it's interesting that this mirror kind of, I mean, obviously using you know its fucking rolodex of people that it's killed and could use in human form or ghostly form, like using this female figure to seduce him is. I don't know. It's intriguing. The mirror it's again is a bitch. giving 13 ghosts whenever that one ghost like stands on the edge and tries to get the guy to fuck her. And <laughs> not 13 ghosts, a uh, ghost ship. Yes, very that. Very that energy. But I mean, and it happens. You know, ghosts are always seducing people left and right. Um, 
but it's even nice. like it's in like, yeah. American Horror Story, like the maid is constantly like trying to get the dad to sleep with them. Exactly. Uh, anyway, so this bitch steals this mirror. We're back in present day. So she pretty much yanks this mirror from her job and brings it to her family home. Her brother meets her there because, of course, he's going to meet her there. Why wouldn't he? Uh, so they bring it into the room. He sees that she she sees he sees that she has like this elaborate setup. So she has two cameras. She has two Macs recording. She has cameras that are like fucking uh, screwed into the wall. She even has brought a dog that she does not name. She just calls a dog because we come to find, or we do learn at some point that the mirror, I guess, like uh, we siphons energy out of animals and electricity and. And plants, Everything. it takes it takes sucks the life out of plants in any location that it's at. So it's nice to know that this thing is like constantly feeding in like a way that I don't think we see too often in these kind of movies. That's what kind of like it kind of gives the mirror like its own identity, its own possession tactics here. Because the fact that it's like quite literally taking these dogs away from existence, like these dogs go missing, um, and it's like quite literally draining the life from these plants. Um, it's really interesting. I really enjoy that aspect of it for sure. If I ever bring a plant home and it dies, I'm instantly going to think something in my house is. Oh, don't. Not because that I kill I'm plants bad. left and right. <laughs> <laughs> my plants stay dying. Um, but at this point, too, uh, is when she kind of goes through like a laundry list of like happenings that have occurred with this mirror and past owners who have had strange deaths and have gone missing because of them having this mirror in their possession. Uh, and of course, Tim right away is like, oh, that's just all circumstantial. And like, you know, we bought a couch the year that mm, some family member died and our, one of our dogs ran away. Do you think that was the cause? But in my mind, I'm like, OK, Tim, like, I get it. I know you're trying to be rational here, but all I would need for myself personally is two other people in the existence of this mirror who have owned it to have died in brutal ways for me to be convinced. Like, it's not going to take months much for me to be convinced that this mirror is evil because it looks evil. Right. It's very dingy. Very just gives off that vibe. Yeah, and the way he like like he kind of brushes it off and he's like, oh, I know you looked into the all this and did all this hard research and probably only find he's a like only plausible found a deniability. <laughs> he's he's kind of wild, girl. And he's like, you've only you went through all that research just to find a few examples. I'm like, bitch, he ha- she has at least like eight. Like, that's all I need. Like, this mirror is killing people. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it needs. I don't know what needs to happen for you to believe that in this moment. But, like, bitch, all I need is a few. I need, honestly, she could tell me one other person who ha- this happened to, and I probably would be convinced. <laughs> it's not going to take much for me to be like, yeah, let's leave. I'm always down for a conspiracy theory. So you would just have to tell me, like, hey, I have this theory, and, like, this is why. And you could, like, just explain, like, the general happenings. Like, you wouldn't even have to provide me proof. And I'd be like, that. But, yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, so he's, like, trying to deny it. And I'm like, no, just, like, go along with it, my guy. Like, I get it. I get you're, like, healed of your trauma. And, like, I understand. But, like, no. If she, if she like, again, she came to me and was, like, this wild and, like, wanting to do all this family trauma fighting this evil mirror, like, from, from the jump. Again, I'd be pissed. But if she came to, like, our little meeting with, like, all these documents and all these files, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. Let's fucking fight this thing. But he's, like, again, he's just not convinced. And I'm like, I don't understand what it's going to take for you, my guy. But then again, if you're being, like, therapied excessantly for years upon years about like childhood trauma and relevance like 
related to this particular object and trauma, like, I kind of don't blame him either. Yeah, and he has, like, he even mentions at one point that he has, like, a whole article written on him as, like, being the subject. (laughs) And he has, like, the random, like, theory or explanation that he's been diagnosed with based off of him solely. Uh, So it's, I don't know, I can definitely understand why he would be more inclined to just go with whatever the fuck he's being told by the mental health professionals. And probably because it's safer, he knows, like, I don't know, if... (laughs) But also, like, if he if she wasn't so like adamant about doing this, he would have been able to he would have been able to leave and just probably live happily, you know. Unfor- I mean, it wouldn't be the truth because this mirror again is the actual culprit. But like, he would probably at least be able to leave uh, live in like some type of peace, you know. If she ignorance wasn't so- is bliss, baby. Exactly. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, we also get a quick uh, flashback after this whole scene where she like breaks down like some of these happenings, and it's probably one of the most like. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of scenes in this movie that are so good. But it's the one where the dad, again, because this mirror causes a lot of hallucinations. It's making you want to see what you what it wants you to see, pretty much. So the dad already has, like, issues with his, like, fingernails being bloody. And he has, like, by this point. And he has, like, um, Band-Aids on it, obviously. So he's in his office. And, like, he takes off a Band-Aid from his finger and sets it down. We get a nice, deliberate shot of the Band-Aid being on his mouse pad. And then we come back and then he's like doing something and he looks at his finger and then the band-aid's back on. And he looks back down, we get this exact same shot of the mouse pad and the band-aid is now gone. So he, which in my mind also, I'm like, you are the stupidest person alive. He goes and he reaches for a staple remover and like uses that to try to get his band-aid off of his finger. I'm like, why of all things are you using a, like a, a staple remover? What do you do? Like a staple remover, what are you doing? You're asking for trouble. That was a little while. He rips his fingernail off with it. Oh my god, it makes my hand hurt. I have a hangnail right now, and (laughs) I'm like really scared to pull it because I'm like, that's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna rip my fucking entire fingernail off. (laughs) Yeah, they fucking hurt, girl. Um, But yeah, that scene is also super gnarly. Uh, But after that flashback, um, we cut back, of course, to present day. And this is where Kaylee's kind of explaining, like, the fact that this mirror feeds off of plants and even feeds off of animals. Because then she mentions, you know, their old family dog, Mason. And these flashbacks with Mason always make me kind of sad because, you know, the poor boy, he's doing his best. Um, Like, they show that he's very weak and, like, his energy is being drained because of this mirror. And, like, he has a lot of moments of, like, laying down and breathing heavy and pretty much acting up. Like, he's constantly barking at this mirror he's always trying to get into the office and you know obviously at this point too the mom is becoming increasingly i mean like the cracks are starting to form here like she's getting upset with her husband he's in this office for hours at a time he's in there late at night he's giving his time to his office um you know people i mean the children are seeing women in the office the dog's barking to get into the office like there's something going on here and she's definitely feeling the effects of what's going on Uh, But one day the dog is, like, barking aggressively and trying to get into the office. So she, like, goes and, like, tries to let him in. And he bites her hand. 
And then her and her husband have like a big screaming match because he's in there the entire time. And she's like, are you not like going to fucking do anything about the dog barking? And then they have a big altercation. They start fighting. The kids hear it. The next morning, the dad leaves and the dog is again at the door barking. So she, of course, being annoyed with him, lets him in the office. And then he pretty much like whimpers and then just goes silent. And the rest of the day, the kids are sitting outside the door waiting for the dad to come home. Because when the mom goes back to try to open the door, it's now locked. She can't get into the office. So when the dad comes home, he opens the door to the office because the kids are waiting to see the dog. And it's gone. The mirror has sucked it in, I guess. Has, has sucked absorbed this out. dog. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So then we kind of cut back to present day. And she's explaining to Tim, you know, say, hey, so I brought this dog here. Uh, I want you to, you know, see that this mirror is going to pretty much take the energy from this dog. And they, you know, get into another altercation. They argue. He's like, bitch, you're the only one that's torturing this fucking dog because the dog's like barking and like whimpering. Obviously, something's happening. So he should have been kind of aware of that also. Like the dog is screaming in pain, quite honestly. And he just like lets it out and he lets it out free. And they get into a huge argument. And she's like, how fucking dare you for fucking letting my letting the dog go? And like, at this my point, bait. <laughs> yeah, her That's bait. That's why I didn't name it because I don't want to get attached because I'm going to kill it. I also feel bad because when she, it's like when they're having an argument about because she's like talking about the plants and he's like, the plants aren't dying. Uh, the dog is still here. You're crazy pretty much. And the dog's barking the entire time. I feel bad because she yells at that dog and calls it Mason. I mean, it's just like the, the, the trauma for me. I just felt, kind of felt bad for her in that moment. Oh, yeah happening all over again she's kind of becoming her mom in this situation she is which is kind of again like you said it's kind of like history repeating itself almost so it's it's sad to see it it's sad i mean and as we get to the ending of the movie too and like her entire arc is i mean depressing it's very sad uh how it ends up for her in the end but in this movement specifically like you're right like it definitely feels i mean as we're seeing her mom start to slip we're seeing her slip at the same time kind of uh, so it's nice. I mean, although the flashbacks can kind of get overwhelming at times, it at least kind of helps us to see kind of how it's all connecting to one another and how they're pretty much acting just as their parents did back when this happened to them. Uh, after the dog does run away, though, and she lets it go free, or uh, he lets it go free, Tim lets it go free, they finally have a moment where they go back in the office. And this is when he's like, you know, you need help. You need to figure out, you need to do something for yourself. And she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, which is touching, you know, because at this point she kind of, I think she kind of feels like maybe she is a little crazy because nothing that she says will happen, has happened up until this point at least. Uh, so she's like crying and he's like, you know, we can get you some help. Don't worry. And so she like kind of goes back to the office defeated. And when she goes back to the office, her points are proven. The plants are dead. They've been moved. The cameras are facing one another. She goes and pulls up the footage and she sees that they themselves, Tim and Kaylee, are the ones that did this. They moved the plants. They pushed the cameras on uh, facing each other directly. And she's like, do you remember doing that? And he's like, not at all. And she's like, oh, and so she's excited because she now has proof that they did something that they weren't aware of and that this mirror is actively up to no good. Right. Which it's like such an easy like shot, but it makes me very uneasy. <laughs> like it's very simple, but it makes me very uneasy. Yeah, and again, like it kinda helps. I mean, again, I don't think as like audience members, like we are believing that the movie's gonna go in any other direction, but to see them have the confirmation that something's gonna go in a very bad direction is very nice. Um and it definitely like 
you can see the expression on Tim's face. Like he immediately, like his face cracks. Like he goes from being like a hard ass to being like a scared child again. And like, he's immediately like eyes are wide open. He doesn't know what to think. Um, and he kind of regresses back into like being helpless in a way. So it's kind of nice to just see him switch up also from like the first instance of anything like weird or supernatural happening. Right. And then they go around the house and they start to see that most of the pants are dead, like most of the plants are. So he runs outside, I think, to make a phone call. Um, I actually don't know if this happens before. Yeah, this is the part, I think, after all this happens where he freaks out because he sees the plants are dying. He runs outside to go like try to make a phone call for help. And next thing he realizes, he's still inside the house. And he's like, no, I was just outside. And she's like, no, you were inside here. She's <laughs> like, you literally just came time. and sat in the corner, bitch. Yeah. And before he ran outside, she got a phone call from Michael checking in on her like she asked him to. And when she hung up the phone with him, she's like 50, 50 percent chance that wasn't even Michael speaking. That's what kind of sends Tim out the door. So it's kind of crazy at this point because now we see that things are starting to happen and they're starting to see things now, which is alarming at this point, And it sucks because at this point, I feel like they they haven't like there's no way for them to escape at this point. Like he's already walked outside and wasn't outside. Right. So I feel like at this point, there's no way for them to even escape the situation, unfortunately. That's why I would have just left, girl. Like, I understand what they're trying to do, but, like, this is why I would have just, like, set it up and left. Because as soon as, like, they're in this situation, like, they're fucked. Like, as soon as you think you leave the house and you're not leaving the house, there's nothing you can do. You're going to lose this fight. Right. I would have just set the house on fire. Right? Maybe that's crazy. Um, but... I mean. Or I would have burned the mirror. But I guess we do see an instance earlier in the movie where, like, he tries to smash it and, like, he puts the chair down. So the mirror has, as Kaylee explains, like, some type of, like, tactic, obviously, where when you're actively going to destroy it, you don't. Like, you just end up not doing it because of the power it holds, which is why she has a whole, like, dumbbell waiter uh, weight things. But, like... Again, I would have just left because if you're there inside the house, it's just the mirror's going to make sure it doesn't happen. The mirror's going right, to make sure like that, that thing doesn't go off. You're feeding it energy. You're you brought plants inside this house. You brought a dog inside this house. You brought your brother who's already been tormented by this thing. Like again, it feels like you're asking for things just to go wrong. Just for what? Some proof? It's it's already been proven. Right, girl. Like, just and like, why? He's already left. He's not like he's not in trouble anymore for this crime. Nobody, I, I, I promise you, nobody cares anymore about what happened with your family. Like, I know that he, he it was a tragedy. <laughs> like, I get it, but like, who, like, who is really looking for the truth here besides you? Just destroy this mirror so you have some type of peace and comfort and move on. Right. But we wouldn't get this kick-ass movie if that happened. So. Uh, but flashing back after this, uh, once they realize that things are going bad in real time, we flash back to the mom where she's like actively possessed by this mirror. It's a creepy scene because she's like in the office. She's having like a breakdown because she sees that her husband has been like writing Marisol's name in a book. And so she's like, oh, he's been cheating on me. She trashes the desk. She's crying in front of the mirror. And then in an instant, she's like staring at the mirror and immediately possessed. Uh, it's giving Tony Collette in Hereditary. Like she immediately just switches from hysterical to like serious, and it's great. And she looks creepy. The kids come downstairs um, to check on her because she's like in the mirror. She has like a is it like a C-section scar that she has? Um, it's a little bit too high to be a C-section scar, but maybe. 
I don't know what it is, but she has like a scar on her stomach from something. But she's like messing with it in the mirror. And it's like, it's really icky. And then the kids come in. They're like, ma. And then she fucking turns around like a bat out of hell and chases them all the way up the stairs. It's like, again, like nightmare fuel. Like I would be pissing my pants the entire way up those stairs. Like you said, it's very Tony Collette, like whenever she's banging on the. Yes. Because well, she like, uh, she chokes the son first because he comes up to her and he's like, mom. And she turns around and like she stares at him and she fucking chokes him out. So Kaylee has to come and like get him loose. And that's when she chases them up the stairs. Yeah. And they lock themselves in the room. The dad comes home. She attacks the dad. He ends up like uh, pretty much putting her in like a rear naked chokehold. <laughs> <laughs> and like knocking her out. Also, we forgot to mention that not only <laughs> this was this produced. WWE. Yeah! <laughs> not only is this like a Blumhouse produced film, it is also produced by WWE Studios, y'all. So him giving her that fucking chokehold from Megan behind. chokehold, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. Or they said, we got to put in a, a one wrestling move. If the WWE is like <laughs> helping us fucking fund this movie and produce it, we got to give they did an elbow drop. A, a choke slam. Uh, what does the Undertaker have? Um, a pile driver. If they would have done something like that, I would have been living. But the right. chokehold is brutal enough, and he knocks her out cold. And the trauma, these poor kids. Like he, they're peeking through the door, and the dad is walking around with heavy ass chains and a gun. I would have been like, "Where are the police?" I would be calling nine one one right away if my dad was walking around with chains and a gun. Yeah, I'd be like, "Dad, mom's dead." Yeah, mom's not alive at this point. And then he tells them when they come out, he's like, well, mom's very sick. Leave her alone. Don't mess with her. And that's pretty much it. And these kids are left in the house. As the days go on, the dad slips further into madness. The kids are running out of food. They don't have, like, any real parenting support um, because the mom's locked up upstairs, possessed by this mirror. Right. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy scene. Choking out the mom again at the top of the stairs is wild to me. Like, I... I could only imagine going through that as a child. That's crazy. Right. And, like, say you explain that to somebody, like, a therapist as a child, they'd probably be like, oh, you were raised in in a physically abusive household. Like, nobody would assume that there's anything fucking supernatural going on. I wonder if he disclosed to, like, his doctors at any point, like, this mirror... (laughs) <laughs> like I wonder if he mentioned it. And I'm sure they probably just completely like disregarded it, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like when they're talking about the dog being sick, he even mentions how like the doctors told him like there's like a type of like cuz the plants kept dying, so like the plants have some type of like disease or something that affected the dog. Like there's rationales behind everything that happened, at least to him. But I'm like I, if he explained the mirror to them, they'd probably be like, bitch, it's just a mirror. So I guess those conversations probably didn't go very far for him, but. Probably not, but. But, you know. But anyway, so after we get a flashback of the mom being crazy and getting locked up by the dad, this is where we do come back to present day. They're, the power has now gone out. The disease is spreading in the house. Uh, they pretty much split up to walk around the house a bit. This is when she like has all those fancy lights. Uh, she's switching out the light bulb. This is the moment that happens with the light bulb because she's chewing an apple. 
She sets the apple down. She's changing out a big, huge light bulb from like one of her little light machines. She sets the light bulb down by the apple. We see her pick back up the apple and bite into it. And I mean, it's a hallucination. But she has, be- you know, she believes that she's been into the glass, and it's gnarly. Her the blood coming out of her mouth, the big, huge piece of glass that she brings out from her mouth makes me quiver every time. Damn. Uh, it's great. Such a good scene. And her brother's just staring at her like, what the fuck? Yeah, he comes back in and she's like, oh, 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 well, holding an apple. And I'm like, girl, me when I'm eating healthy. I'm also <laughs> shaking, quivering. One of the most memorable for me, for sure. Yeah. When I think about this movie, that's definitely what sticks out to me. I that, remember that And scene. like the mom essentially becoming like a zombie. Like her teeth are fucked up. She is chained up. It's very, um, what is it? The Walking Dead, whenever they take the zombie's, like, bottom jaw off. Mm, yeah, when Michonne does that. Yeah, it kind of gets those vibes for sure. Um, or, like, Shaun of the Dead, where he has his friend locked up at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but flashing back to the kids, again, they have no food. They have no proper parenting because the dad's crazy and just sits in his office all day and stares at this mirror pretty much. So young Kaylee, she takes it upon herself to sneak out of the house because they're locked inside pretty much. Um, and goes and grabs a neighbor by the name of Bob and brings him back to the house. Um, it's very funny, but like the dad's able to talk Bob away from the premises. But if I was like the kids, because while he's talking to him, like his fingers are bleeding, there's blood all over the wall. If I was a kid staring at this, I'd be like, Bob, his fingers are bleeding. Bob, please look at he looks crazy. Like, like come on. Like I would have been yelling. But I know as kids, like they're terrified. Their father is very scary at this point. But, like, if there's somebody there that could possibly help, maybe, sort of, I definitely would be yelling. I mean, especially when there's blood dripping on the wall because his hand's bleeding. Right. I'm like, come on. Like, say something to this old man. But the father's able to shoot him away, and he just gives his kids a stare and just goes back into the office. (laughs) Like, what the fuck was that? And then... (laughs) And then, uh, switching back to present day, it's hilarious because Tim... And Kaylee, like, they're both in the house. The light bulb thing happens. Tim's randomly upstairs and Kaylee's downstairs. Again, they are already victims to this mirror. They are randomly ending up in spots in this house already. Because when we cut back from this flashback scene, Tim's upstairs and he goes downstairs uh, to meet with Kaylee. Or not yet. Uh, Tim's upstairs. And then downstairs, Kaylee's already just, she wakes up and she's in front of the mirror already. And the timer's about to go off. So clearly the mirror already wants you dead. <laughs> And she wakes up and she goes and she sets the timer again. It's like, whoa, that was crazy. I'm like, is it, girl? Is it crazy? Don't you know what this mirror wants? It wants you dead. It's been trying for a very long time to kill you, girl. I don't know why you're so surprised. Yeah, she was quite literally stunned. It's crazy. But after that, um, Tim's upstairs. And, like, again, they're not even calling for each other at this point. But she's, like, pissed. She gets pissed after this. So this is when she starts walking around the house and, like, doing all those little light things. And she walks by one of the dead plants and kicks it. And it causes the pot to shatter. And so she's, like, uh, walking around the house. She goes upstairs. While she's in her, I think it's her father's old room, She's she has her camera out. Because she's trying to use that camera to kind of help keep reality in check with herself so she can see actively what's happening because she sees broken pieces of a plate on the floor because it cuts back to a flashback of like her mom chewing on these broken pieces of glass upstairs 
So she sees this glass, and so she whips out her camera, her iPhone 4, and she, like, starts to record, and, like, there's no glass on the floor. And she's like, hmm, you tricky little house, I got you. So then she goes back downstairs, and she sees all the glass on the floor from the pot that she broke. But in her mind already, she's like, this is fake. I'm like, do you not remember kicking this pot, like, two minutes ago? But right. she, like, steps on it, and she's like, oh, no, that's not real. She picks up a piece of it. She turns around. She sees a ghostly figure of her mom. And so she stabs at it, and it ends up being Michael. And so Michael ends up falling back. He's bleeding from his neck. Uh, Tim comes running down the stairs, and he's like, what the fuck? And Kaylee's like, do you see him? And he's like, bitch, yeah, I see this guy. And so she whips out her camera and points it at him, and he's on the camera. So she's like, she freaks out. She realizes now that she's killed him. And the mirror being a bitch immediately has her phone ring, and Michael call her. And, like, she picks it up, and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. He's like, okay. And then hangs up on her. Dirty, petty. This house is, or this mirror is a petty bitch. P E. To the T T Y. But yeah, that was crazy. Like every time that that scene happens, it always gags me. Why was oh, yeah. he in the house? That's my thing. I told you to stay the fuck away. I told you to stay away from me. Your for only job was to call me. But again, we but did also, also make the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he should be more concerned with how ridiculous she's being. So. Well, and she said if he she didn't answer within a certain amount of time to call the police. So maybe he was like being proactive. I don't know, but still. Right. But still, it's like. Yeah, done fucked up, Michael. If you look like a, uh, if you're like this in love with her, like you look like, at least listen to her. If you're already not questioning her having pictures of dead bodies, then maybe just wait, wait out the night. Just like don't, don't bother her. Then just let her do what she's got to do. If she doesn't come back in the morning, then like she said, call the police or whatever. But, like, he just strolls up into this house and gets his fucking neck obliterated. So, sometimes it's probably Imagine better to mind your business. Imagine going to check on your fiance and she just stabs you. <laughs> My worst nightmare. Mm. But also, he, even in his mind, like, if he's walking up to her, who, I mean, who, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, she'd probably, I mean, for all we know, he could have been yelling her fucking name behind her the entire time. But for us, it just looks like he just walks up on her and gets stabbed. So who knows, really? But it's very unfortunate for him. R.I.P. Michael. R.I.P. Michael. Your big dick will never be proven in this movie. So maybe one time or another. You know, a minute ago, I was like, wow, we haven't really talked about like sex all that much. But here we are. Oh, yeah. Don't big worry. Big dick I... energy. <laughs> uh, so after he like is dead, they run outside. They try to call for help. And, oh, I love like this little tidbit of it because... Back before she went to go grab Bob for help, uh, when they were kids, she was she was calling like doctors for help because she you knows she's like our mom's sick, we need help, and it's kind of creepy because she's like every time they call a doctor, it's the same voice. They always say, "Well, you need to get your dad to call in." So when they run outside after Michael's been killed, trying to find some help, the voice on the phone tells Tim, "Well, you know, you need your dad to give us a call." Uh, so that's a nice little touch that really the freaked me out. The doctor will be there tomorrow. Yeah, so creepy. And then they turn back around and then they see their bodies lined up in front of the mirror on the inside because all the lights have turned back on now. The house, again, the mirror is playing tricks on them. Uh, but they look back inside the house. All the lights are on and their bodies are just lined up in front of the mirror waiting to be punctured by this thing. It's hilarious. And they're on the outside. Obviously, they're like, you know, we don't know if we're out here right now. We don't know if that's us in there right now. We don't know where we really are. So they really have no choice but to go back inside the house and try to figure stuff out. 
Yeah. I don't know if I would, like, fall for that. Because, okay, so I know I'm real, and I know that you're real. Um, so why do we care what's happening to the us on the inside? Well, because if it's really them and the timer goes off, then, you know, they die. But, like, is it really them? Because I can feel that I'm outside. But, I mean, the hallucinations are so strong. Like, I guess they don't really know where the fuck they are. They're fucking, they think they're astral projecting outside or what? I have no idea, girl. But they do go back inside. And when they go back inside, the ghost of Marisol is there. And she's like, she threatens them. And at this point, we kind of intertwine, like fully intertwine. Because then uh, Kaylee looks at Tim and he's turned back into his like younger self. Um, and then they're running around the house. This is the night that everything happens when they're children. So we do finally go back to that time frame. So the mom, of course, is locked up. Uh, you know, her jaw's all fucked up. Uh, we figure out, of course, that the dad did, of course, end up uh, shooting the mom when they were younger. Um, and just all kind of hell was breaking loose here, girl, near the end. Yeah, and we do see that, like, um, Tim is, like, forced by their dad to shoot him. Yeah. Um, like, he literally puts his hand on the trigger and then tells him to run and then fires the gun. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. And when he fires his gun on his dad, that's when, like, the glass breaks and, mm -hmm. you know, that little moment happens. And then they're surrounded by all of these spirits that were also consumed by this mirror, um, which is giving insidious vibes whenever they're open to the other side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so it's, we're pretty much near the end here. So, yeah, once they realize that they're not getting help, like we said, they go back inside the house, and they each pretty much relive, like we said, that night of trauma. So they do see, of course, their mother getting shot again by their father, the father again having Tim shoot him deliberately at the mirror. So as they're kind of going through all this trauma and kind of reliving everything, Tim awakens, and he's alone as far as he is concerned. He's alone in the room with the mirror. Uh while simultaneously at this exact same time, Kaylee is in the room. She's hallucinating her younger self being in the room. Our mother is beckoning to her from the mirror, telling her to come closer, come closer. So this is younger Kaylee, who is older Kaylee. Again, it's like a mind fuck, but so she's walking towards the mirror after they've relived the trauma and like seen everything that happened. Um, and we see them make the promise to one another. Tim again wakes up. He thinks he's alone in this room. So he goes to activate the kill switch. He goes to activate it to pretty much destroy this mirror. But unbeknownst to him, Kaylee's right in front of it. Uh, so he, it's too late by the time he realizes that she's there. She's in the middle of it. She ends up getting penetrated straight through. It's the neck, right, that she's penetrated to? Yeah, like necking up through her jaw. Oh, my God. It's pretty It's pretty gnarly. It's a very uh, intense death sequence. The sound is... The sound design is chef's kiss right there. Yeah, so good. Yeah, and at this point, like, he realizes that he has fucked up and he has killed his sister. And the police arrive. They arrest him. We're getting flashbacks to when he was young and the police arrive and arrested him again for shooting his father when he was younger. They are now arresting him for seemingly killing his sister. And, and his brother-in-law. <laughs> and his brother-in-law. Yeah, I forget that he's in there, too. Uh, but yeah, Which it's Kaylee crazy. has already set up the um, set up the scene like for 
the police to automatically assume that Timothy Tammy is at fault because she yeah. tells her husband, like in the beginning, like I'm afraid to be with my younger brother in this house. This is why you need to check on me every hour. This is and this. And so like obviously the police are automatically gonna assume like, oh, the psycho snapped again and yeah. lock him up. The mirror definitely has put in over time to get right. these kids fucked up. Um and as he's screaming, getting put into the police car again, 11 years later, he looks inside the house's mirror and Kaylee's now older body is a ghost and is now with his parents and is now a permanent resident of this mirror, unfortunately. And he's and taken away. Then we cut to 10 years later and it's the beginning of Haunted Hill House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mirror is inside of Hill House and the entire Kaylee time. Kaylee is the broke neck lady. <laughs> Oh, my God. I wonder. I completely doubt it. But I would live if there was like an Easter egg of like the Oculus mirror being like somewhere inside the Hill House, like somewhere. Like if you're like watching it, I wonder if it's like in the background somewhere. That would be the that would coolest be so cool. Easter egg. Right. That would be so badass if he did that. Mike Flanagan yeah. also did Hush. Um. Hush. Gerald's and game, I, Bly Manor. Imagine this Minimus. mirror is just like in all of his movies. <laughs> imagine Doctor Sleep. Again, I love Mike Flanagan. And uh, this was like one of his first like major horror pictures. And like he was setting us up for something good from the jump. It's so good. Like so good. Like I can't talk enough good things about this movie. Like you have to watch it if you've never seen it. It really is so good. The ending gags me every single time. And although, you know, Kaylee wasn't my favorite person throughout the movie, I did not want to see her die. I didn't want to see either one of them die. I wanted them to defeat the mirror. Right. Don't let the WWE network uh logo <laughs> scare you away. Uh it is a very good movie. Yeah, honestly, Kind of. I saw it and I was like, oh, is this cheesy? I don't remember it being cheesy. <laughs> I remember, I mean, back when this movie came out, like I was pretty active, like with wrestling. I was watching it like weekly. I was like on the fucking message boards and obviously was also a huge fan of horror. And by this, by the time this movie had come out, like WWE Studios had also made the See No Evil movies with Kane in them. Mm -hmm. And they're not good, but I was like, you know what? Let me give this movie a shot. I remember people at the time online, because um, again, I mean, you think WWE Studios, you probably think it's going to be something stupid. So when I heard that they were putting money in and, you know, putting uh, this movie out also, I was like, I want to watch it because it's a horror movie, but, you know, it's WWE. It's probably going to be pretty bad. But I remember like on the message boards and online at that time, like everybody was talking about how good this movie is. Like people at that time even were talking about how great Mike Flanagan was, how his previous short version of the same film was phenomenal. And people within the horror community at that time were excited to see the full motion picture of it. So it's nice to see that even back then, like he just with the work that he had already put out by that point has had already made an impact and had made people excited enough to look past the WWE Studios logo and actually give this movie a chance. Because um, I think, as far as I know, anybody who's seen this movie seems to enjoy it or at least has semi-decent good things to say. Like, I haven't really seen too many negative reviews on this movie. If you give it a negative review, you can send it directly into my DMs because I want to talk. <laughs> I mean, again, like, it's not, like, a perfect movie. I don't think anything's oh, no, ever perfect. Sure. <laughs> and obviously there's enough in this movie where I, like, I will roll my eyes at these characters. And 
again, the, the, the need to prove and find proof for something will be the bane of our existence, I suppose, because they could have just destroyed this mirror and been happy, but they got sucked into its twisted little story, y'all, and unfortunately, the sister didn't make it out alive. Well, they both really didn't make it out of this um, at all, so it's good. I love it. I love the twist. I love this movie. It's great. What a great way to kick off the month. How many light bulb apples out of five are you rating it? Um, I think this is easily a four. A four out of five for sure. I want to say four and a half. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like... I guess I'm just not like fully on board with the characters. Uh, I enjoy them, but I don't like... I don't like like them that much, which isn't a bad thing. You know, it's it's like mm-hmm. who cares really? Everything else, uh, the horror aspects of this movie are Chef's Kiss. The music is great. Oh my god, the music was also giving like I don't know. She was giving eighties vibes at times. There's like a lot of like hard like boop, boop, boop. like it's hard to explain. Like you have to listen to it. Uh, but the music and sound design, like Stormy said earlier too, is great. Like the sound effects of the crunching glass in her mouth. Uh, the sound effects, of course, of just like the squish in her neck when she's been stabbed is great. Um, there's so many good things I like about this movie. The characters are maybe the only thing that are kind of keeping it from like four and a half or five maybe, but that's not even like that big of an issue for me. Uh, so definitely four out of five. What would you do, Queen? Um, I'd also do four out of five. It is easily one of my favorite paranormal movies, for sure. Yeah, and even with all his work now, I wouldn't even be mad if, like, this were to, like, be at the top of, like, your Mag Flanagan, like, ranking lists of, like, favorite movies by him. Or favorite work that he's put out. Because it I still holds Hush, up. I think Hush is higher up on the list for me. Um, Interesting. I think I like this one more Hush. I really love Hush. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really love Hush. And I rewatch it a lot. Um, Hush is great. It's so good. But this one is easily second of his work. Um, I I would have to rewatch Haunting of Hill House to see like where it ranks for sure. But those three definitely come to mind for Mike Flanagan. Out of everything he's done, uh, I think Doctor Sleep is by far my favorite. Anything that he's done, it's definitely I his like biggest seen budget it because I want to finish the book. I don't blame you. I mean. The ending is not the same as the book. They're completely different endings. And uh, I don't know how much to like tell you. Probably not much. It's Dr. Um, yeah, but probably not much. Because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've I don't... been avoiding spoilers for years now. And I don't know how I've made it this far without knowing more about it. Um, yeah. It's good. It is. One day we'll get there, ladies. The attention span's not there. <laughs> Out of all his work, though, I haven't seen Midnight Mass yet, and I haven't seen Blind Manor yet. Um, I'll get to them eventually. But those are also television shows. So obviously, like the commitment to sit down and binge an entire series of something is going to take a little bit more time than like. I know nothing about Midnight Mass, but and ooh, this isn't a Patreon episode. Um. But, like, religion kind of has, like, a little bit of kink border for me. Um, so <laughs> uh, I'm curious to see 
I've heard that Midnight Mass is about. a little bit slower in comparison to some of his other work. Um, but we'll see. I'll have to watch it eventually. But those will be the maybe two we things. Should, we need a show to watch together. Maybe we should pick one of we those. We should do like a watch along, huh? Like a cute little uh, slasher watches or something. Um, but yeah, one of those shows we should definitely do. But I haven't seen that stuff. But out of everything else that he has made, I've seen. Uh, his uh, Ouija film also, he does Origin of Evil, which is the sequel to Ouija. Uh, right. It's also really great. He is so good. But I think Dr. Sleep is definitely up there. I definitely think Dr. Sleep is number one. Uh, Gerald's Game and Hush are probably like finding it out for a second. I really enjoy both of those movies. Oculus is clearly third. It could probably, on a good day, no, it won't slip into second, but it's easily third for sure but it's definitely fighting with Ouija ah his work is just so good he's so good I love Mike Flanagan like I could talk constantly about how great he is but let's have a Mike Flanagan month (laughs) we could easily do it because he is phenomenal I just love his work and I really enjoy this movie and he came into the world of horror I mean with his short originally based on the same scenario and once he had the opportunity to make a full motion picture he hit it out of the park it was great this is such a swing in with them WWE moves he really <laughs> did Vince McMahon was yelling at him to make a good movie and <laughs> by god he did it disgusting um, Truly disgusting. What a disgusting individual. But yeah, such a good movie. It really holds up. Um, again, even like the the CGI aspects of it. I mean, honestly, they don't look any worse than the way that the CGI in Hill House looks, and that's way more recent. So oh, yeah. I think I think it really does hold up a lot. When I went to go and rewatch a few Hill House episodes, I was kind of taken aback at how like cheesy some of like the CGI was. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that this still looks if not better than that, it's great. I love this movie. It really is so good. Same, girl. Um, I'm excited. What a way to kick off this month. Truly. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, again, if you haven't seen it, guys, go watch it. Um, I know with the discussion, it's kind of all over the place, but like, tri- quite honestly, with like the flashbacks and going back and forth between everything, everything was so intertwined that it's kind of... It just all kind of goes hands in hand. And like, it does get kind of confusing at times, but it's... It's worth it. It's such a good movie. It is streaming on Hulu. If you oh yeah, also it's on Hulu. Partake. <laughs> um, but yeah, Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us streaming on pretty much any platform, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify. You can email us at slash herpod at gmail dot com, and you can also find us on Patreon. Yes, 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 yes. So for our Patreons, I mean, definitely go ahead and check us out. Of course, we are, again, you know, working hard as always to look into bringing you guys all the delicious extra content. Um, so definitely, yeah, check us out. Definitely want to give a shout out to some of our Patreons. So, of course, we have Sarah Gonzalez, a nightmare on, oh, Sarah G, a nightmare on Fear Street, Yvette R, NEC, Michael D., patient C. So definitely come and check us out, everybody. We are, of course, always actively putting in some effort to bring you guys all the extra bonus content that we can. And yeah, thank you so much for supporting us. We really do appreciate it. And we'll be back next week for more spooky, kooky, paranormal nonsense. Stay spooky, guys. Stay spooky, everybody. Bye. Bye.